0: Hi friends, welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mittal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. common emotions that I witness with my children is anger and anxiety. Yes and summer is here so everybody's together, no school. So my 12-year-old and a 5-year-old together in the same space just on top of each other while I'm not home. And so it has been a difficult, difficult transition from school to no school certainly just because my five-year-old wants everything that his brother has and he is going through a phase where he thinks his brother is cool and he's not because the brother can do so many things that he can't do or he doesn't get to do it from the school perspective or whatnot and so the anger is what I notice with my younger one And that's the common emotion that he expresses and the way he expresses. And he actually even says, like, I am mad because blah, blah, blah. I am mad because X, Y, Z. And so I want to share today, what are some of the things that we can say to bring the core regulation during these heat of the moment with a child who is experiencing anger And with the child who is experiencing anxiety. So my older one, he's so curious for what's next. So he gets into, he feels anxiety more. And so I get to notice the anxiety with him. And so today I'm going to share some of the phrases that I use with my kids. This is a very good time to use them because I don't homeschool my children. And I'm not home most of the time. And so summer is a great time for practicing any new strategies or new tools. I feel with kids who go to school because this is a time where you can try and test because you can have conversations and things doesn't have to like Of course winter time too, I try new things, but I prefer summer because if something doesn't work out or something didn't go the way I imagined. I have another opportunity coming up right next next day, you know, because during word time or during school time, what happens is you know they go to school, we forget, we don't get to touch base with it. This is just my personal perspective that I just like to try these new things during summertime. So these are some of the phrases that I use with my kids, and maybe you can try and see how they land, because the phrase that my land. With one child might not land very well with the other child, so it's possible that you have to tweak your language. it's possible you have to tweak your tone. so scripts that work for one parent might not work for another. You might see a lot of script parenting scripts online, you know on the internet world, which is great like i really I really love to try different scripts because you never know what works, but then you have to understand and you have to realize you can use these phrases and scripts but if you don't feel that internally and if that is not coming out if that's not aligned with your energy it's not going to speak to your child and your child is going to feel that you are fake or you know whatever you're saying is fake and you're just saying it for the sake of saying it so when you use these scripts or phrases you have to make sure that you are practicing with yourself first And you have to make sure that you really believe in these and you're aligned with these because your energy speaks louder than your words. And so we have to remember this particular phrase in parenting that our energy and our actions and our expressions speaks louder than our words or to our children. So make sure you keep that in mind. And the 10 phrases that I want to share to bring the calm with your child who's experiencing anger in the moment. So, for example, if your child is throwing, you know, ball or toys, my five-year-old does this. And so instead of saying, stop throwing things or stop throwing balls, I say, I'm going to move these, you know, toys or I'm going to move the these XYZ to keep everyone safe in the room. So. Instead of, you know, directing or instead of commanding or demanding of your child, what we need to do is we need to we need to place a boundary. So this is the one thing that you can place a boundary by. You can say, I'm going to move these objects to keep our body safe or keep everyone safe in the room. And that will land it safe because now that will give them a signal that, you know, you are not attacking me. Rather, you're saying that my behavior or this particular thing that I'm doing is not safe for everyone. So they will understand that this is coming from a safety perspective. And this is not just something, you know, directing, like pointing fingers at him or her. So it lands really well. Second thing is, so my little one also has a habit of hitting. Yes, we've been working. There are things, sometime it works, Sometimes it doesn't work. It always works when I'm home because I kind of know him a little closer now and I use the different, different strategies and I intervene, but it doesn't work when the adults are not in the room yet. And it's because he's trying and he's testing out and he's learning and he just says like, I'm upset because pai is cooler than me. And so he's gotten into this comparison mode. He's going through that phase. And so I'm trying all these different strategies and it's been working. So this particular phrase that's been working with him is, you know, in, most of the time when we see that one child is hitting another child, we just say, don't you dare hit or don't hit or, you know. So we're focusing so much on what not to do for that child. Rather, we need to shift our focus on what is acceptable for them to do. So this is what I do it. And maybe you can try it too. And I say, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry, whatever emotions you think they're experiencing, but I won't let you hit your brother. We need to keep everyone safe. And it works really well because at that point, he knows that I am not favoring his brother or I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at him. Rather, safety is important at this moment. And so I just, you know, I remind that it's okay to be upset, but I won't let you hit him. Or, you know, we need to keep everyone safe. And then I actually just move with him. And one of the things that also works for us is like, I take him and we both go, we separate ourselves. So I stay with him while he's processing his emotions. Another big thing is, you know, we've heard that when kids are crying, I've certainly heard like the other day, actually, when I went to the park, and this is coming from that, we went to park on the weekend. And the kids were playing, and I heard someone say, big kids don't do this. So what happened was the two kids were, were fighting for the same, you know, same place that they wanted to play. What is A swing? Yeah, I couldn't name it. And so they wanted to play together, both at the same time. And so, you know, the older one was kind of fussing and making faces and, you know, upset. You could see that the child was upset. And so they just, the adult just came and like, big kids don't do this. So they were actually, you know, invalidating the emotion that the child was going through. So I think that, you know, instead of saying big kids don't do this and saying that it's not okay for adults to cry or, you know, grown-ups to cry or big kids to cry or get upset, we need to actually emphasize on processing the emotions. So instead of saying big kids don't do this, big kids don't get upset, we need to say big kids and even grown-ups sometimes have big feelings and it's okay. It's okay to be upset, right? These feelings will pass. We can work together. Something along the lines. like, But instead of like just invalidating their emotions, instead of making them feel ashamed for having these feelings, we need to validate their feelings and acknowledge that it is okay not to be okay. Another thing is I've heard many times when it happened that the child is not Especially when we went to Lego a couple of months ago, a child was, you know, crying for a ride and the dad said, you're being so difficult. And I don't like when we label kids, you're being so difficult. And I understand that it's possible that it's difficult to handle the situation. It's difficult to handle the tantrum in the public. But instead of, you know, just labeling the child, what we can say is, oh, okay, this is a tough one. Hmm. We're going to figure this out together. So, like, when you say this, the child understands that it's not like me against my dad. Rather, it's like, we're going to figure this out. Like, my dad is with me or, you know, my mom is with me in this. And this is hard. So, yeah, I really think that instead of labeling a child, we need to identify the problem and then showcase and show our child that it's us versus the problem or the situation. It's never us versus the child or, you know, the parent versus the child. It's us versus the problem. Another thing, and it happens, and I've actually said it too. I've said it to my kids as well, and I'm guilty of it. Well, but now I know better, so I do better. So eat your food or you'll go to bed hungry, right? When you have, you made like You tried everything and you managed to make fresh meal and your child just doesn't want to eat. So, you know, in that frustration, we just say, eat your food or you will go to bed because bed hungry, because we don't want to give any other choices, right? Or we don't have energy to do anything else. So instead of saying that, what we can say is, what can we do to make this food work for you right now? Or we can say, I understand that you don't like this food. For dinner, we have this and this. You can eat whatever feels right to your taste or to your stomach. And I always put couple of options. Well, not a couple of options in the sense, but as you know, our Indian food goes. We always have couple of things. So we have flatbread, we have vegetables, and then we have rice and we have curry. And so these are the four things that's on the table. They can eat whatever they want. I try introducing new things. But at the same time, I have learned not to fuss over them eating everything. So give them a choice. Do you want to eat flatbread and vegetables or flatbread and curry or rice and curry or rice and vegetable? You know, you you give them a combination. And so whatever they want, I give it to them because at at this time on the table, I am not going to make something that they want. Rather... The choices are on the table and we eat what's on the table. And if we don't want to eat, we don't eat. You know, we, everybody, only you know who's in your body and only you know what feels right to you, right? So my mother-in-law, we all lived together. So my mother-in-law would just, you know, bring a new option and she'll just cook something just separate for them. And I have tried not doing that. And then I started saying like, you know, eat, this is all you have. And now I just leave everything on the table, on the dining table, and they can choose what they want to eat. And sometimes they make fuss, but I'm not going to make anything different. And that's why the meal plans have been working great. Because now I'm preparing them ahead of time, what to expect on Wednesday night for dinner. So you can try things like that. Another thing is my older one has gotten, you know, he was going through this phase where everything, like, you know, he'll just say I'm just saying. But to me, you always feel like complaining. So I've actually, I've said couple of times, not a couple of times, I've said many times where I would just say, stop complaining. And instead of that, I have learned to say that, can you come up with the solution? So what can we do, right? So that way they are focusing on their problem sol- problem solving skills instead of just entertaining the thought that's not working in their head. And they are not going to the route of, you know, digging deep into the complaint. So this actually gives them an opportunity to be a problem solver and move forward. Because I believe that it's always about moving forward, processing and then moving forward and not just entertaining our thought. And then number seven is that. So, for example, the other day when we went to park, well, when we have the agenda and when we want to say we're leaving, All we say is we are leaving. And then the child is starting to have a tantrum and then, you know, the child is getting more upset and then we say, We're leaving. And that actually doesn't doesn't bring any calm or doesn't bring any regulation in the circumstances. Rather it aggravates the situation. So instead of that, how can we prepare our child to leave? So instead of forcing our agenda to them, we wanna say, what do you need to do to be ready to leave or you know we're leaving in 1 minute what is the last thing that you want to do before we leave right you can experiment what works for your child but i know it works really well for for my kids that i prepare them ahead of time like you know we have to leave in 5 minutes what do you guys want to do in the last 5 minutes it gives them enough time for transition and then you can also say what do you need to do to be ready to leave And so whether it's, you know, tying their shoelaces, whether they want to do the, if it's a part, whether they want to do the last swing, you know, whatnot. Number eight, I have heard this few times where an adult is saying, you're impossible. Like, so when we say you're impossible, we're actually shaming our child that, you know, they don't have their act together or they are just, you know, impossible to deal with. And so they think like, you know, nobody can deal with me kind of a thing. And then, so you are like shaming your child. So instead of saying you're impossible, what we can say is, hmm, I feel like we're having a hard time here. What can we do? So acknowledge that they're having a hard time and move forward by saying, what can we do to solve this? Or, you know, what can we do in this situation? And then offer, you know, empower them So if your child is like my older one, looks like you're having a hard time, doesn't work. I always have to empower him by giving two choices. Like, would you like me to give you a hug? Would you like to, you know, would you like to talk to me? Things like that. With my my little one, it's like, hmm, seems like you're having a hard time. Then, yes, you know, he'll go on. Like, yes, I'm having a hard time because I'm upset. X, Y, Z, A, B, C. He'll go on. With my older one, he won't just start, especially when he's upset, he'll shut down. And so I like to empower him to speak up for, you know, what he's feeling. So again, different kids, different strategies work, try what works for your child, experiment on these things. Another thing is when the child is having a hard time or difficulties, one of the famous one, of course, our society has taught us is like, you know, grounding a child or punishing a child. And we just say, go to your room. Go to your room doesn't work if you're not going with them unless you're trying to separate two kids. And then at that point, like, you know, I have a time when I have to say, like, you know, you go to your room and I'm going to take this one over there. So with my older, like, you know, when sibling rivalry, for example, and I know that my little one is one who gets... (laughs) who gets like really upset and he gets loud and, you know, he'll express his emotions like without seeing if it's safe or not. And so in that case, I have to take him. So if I am further away from the room and I cannot go somewhere, instruct my older one like, okay, it's time to separate. Can you go to the room so I can handle him, you know, or can you go downstairs so I can work with this one? And so that is a different story. But if you are trying to punish your child and say, go to your room, then it's not going to work. So instead of saying, go to your room, you can say, you know, I'm going to stay right here by you until you're ready, until, you know, whatever, or I'm right here with you. Would you like me? Would you like a hug? And so it always works with my little one. So the child who is having like a really hard time. It's not the child you want to separate them or it's not the child who you want to send alone. You want to make sure that you stay with the child and bring your self-regulation for him or her to co-regulate with you. So you have to bring your calm on the table with the one who is having a hard time, who's having, you know, meltdown or tantrums or whatever you want to call it, who's going out of hand, right? That's what some people say. So if that's the case and you want to make sure that you are with the child instead of separating the child and punishing him or her to leave the space. Another one is when we're upset when we are you know when we're having a hard time I think I've said this like not in the same wording but we say like I can't deal with you right now or I just can't work with this right now or I just can't talk to you right now for example right when it's like too triggering for you you end up saying i can't talk to you right now i can't do it with you right now so in that point the child feels like this is attack and they think they are the problem and they are the issue so we don't want to we don't want to shame or guilt like you know make them feel guilty for having the big emotions or having you know the hard time instead we need to work on our self regulation so what we can say is you know all right, I am starting to get frustrated and I'm going to be right here calming down. Or, all right, I am starting to get frustrated. I need a five minute to myself. I'll be right back. You know, of course, if it's safe to leave that space, then you can leave the space for five minutes. But if it's not, you might just want to say like, you know, I'm really starting to get frustrated and I need five minutes to myself. And you can stay right there with them while they're having, you know, while they're upset or while they're screaming and, you know, saying loud words the other day and like my little one started saying, I hate you, I don't like you, you don't let me watch TV. I like to watch TV from, you know, morning to nighttime and I hate you that you're home and you don't let me watch TV. And all I had to say, oh my God, like big words. Hmm, I feel like somebody's really upset. All right, I'm just going to stay right here until until you're ready to talk to me. And then he said, Yes. I'm upset because you're not letting me watch TV. And so this gives him, you know, this that gave him opportunity to speak up and to regulate, co-regulate with me. So I hope this helps. Sorry, we're not going to get to the anxiety phrases, but we will get to the anxiety phrases next week. So stay tuned to learn about what to say to a child who's feeling anxious and how to co-regulate and how to bring the regulation with them that's it for this week's episode of race to rise be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmittal.com and join us again next time for more wisdom about life kids and everything in between i am mital patel wishing you happy raising and rising